The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. God, we ask that you would give us the grace this morning, that you would take our ordinary thoughts and maybe even our ordinary experiences, our ordinary memories, and that you would use them as we open the scriptures, as a channel to hear your voice and your will, that you would move us and lead us in the ways of Jesus, and that we would feel your strength and courage. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't know if this is a, a regular occurrence for you, but often when having to make a choice that involves many options, you can find yourself stuck, not knowing what to choose. And actually, having more options makes it harder to make a choice to begin with. So I remember uh, the superintendent that was our superintendent when I started this journey towards ministry, uh, in, a, in a conversation over lunch, talking about vacation plans and, and what, would, you know, what we had planned for that year, he told me the story about how they used to do vacation with his kids growing up. And, uh, and I think I might adopt this at some point. So what they would do, they would they have one rule, and the rule was no plants. Like you just get in the car, you just had a general direction to drive to, and then they would stop at the, at the first visitor center that they could find, the one with all the pamphlets, right? Like, like 100 pamphlets or whatever, you know, every single place to see in that state or along that interstate or whatever. And so they would grab the ones that caught their attention, drive to the next rest stop or, or find a picnic table somewhere, lay them all out on the table, along with the map. This was obviously before smartphones. You know, some of you were like, you know, what's an atlas? My dad used to have an atlas in the car. I mean, those things were, were great, right? Color-coded and everything. Put that out next to the pamphlets. Everybody got to pick like two. And once everybody got to pick like two, you see kind of where the, it was on the map, and that was their vacation. They would just go from place to place, not having an agenda, having very little choices other than the ones that they really wanted to do, and they would have the most relaxing and fun time ever and come back home, relaxed, refreshed, and having felt like they had gotten away from the figures of regular life. So as I, I remember that conversation, I also thought about how hard that would be to pull off today. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes it seems like you have a conversation about a place, you know, with a friend or, 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 or you know, just anything, even, even an object, 
and then you open your Facebook and suddenly you have like 10 ads of said place and then you think, were they listening to my conversation, right? It's like all of them trying to get, they must, they must be planning a vacation. Let's, let's fill their feed on, on, their, on their social media platforms, all these options of all the different things and let's offer them discounts and let's give them a deadline so that they will book right now. More choices doesn't necessarily lead to more freedom. And this week, as I, as I was considering that very thing, I actually heard on, on a podcast that I follow uh, involving online dating, of all things. Uh, it's a long story. I would go on a sidetrack if I told you what the whole thing was about. But they were, were interviewing uh, a psychologist by the name of Barry Schwartz, who more than 10 years ago, or maybe even 15 years ago, uh, had one of the most watched TED Talks on YouTube called The Paradox of Choice, in which he asserts that having more choices actually goes against our common American teaching that the more choices you give people, the freer they feel. In fact, it, it actually leads to paralysis because we can imagine so easily what the alternatives are to the choices that we could make. If you, if you need to test this, just go down to, the, go down to any aisle of the HEB and like, try to pick just one flavor of chips. Right? And that's why I, if you see some people with five flavors of chips and I know exactly what happened. They couldn't just pick one, so they took all five. And that's a big thing because they could have had all hundred of them. You, it, it makes it hard to enjoy the choice. And the more choices that we have, not only that, the easier it is to feel regret. Because as soon as we make the choice, we're like, gee, I could have been experiencing that other thing that was also an option. And so we don't, we're not fully satisfied with the choice that we made simply because we're thinking of the choice that we could have made instead. And I think that applies to all things now, not just online dating, but you know, any purchase that we could make, any project that we could invest our time in. Yes, even the pursuit of happiness itself. I mean, isn't that literally written into the DNA of what we are and who we are as a country and as a culture? I mean, I think a, a very well-known document says that, you know, it mentions the pursuit of happiness, right? It's as a mantra and dogma by which we seek to live life in this country. And if you think about it, there are an infinity number of combinations of decisions that could be made in order to achieve this happiness that we're pursuing. How many kids are you going to have? Are you going to have kids at all? Are you going to get married? Are you not going to get married? Are you going to buy a house? Are you going to save up for a rent? Do you get the Ford F-150 or do you save up for the 250 with the extended cab and the big wheels and spinning rims? I mean, all kinds of choices. Do I take a vacation? Do I work more? 
Do I take an extra job? Do I spend more time with my kids? Do I pursue that thing that I've always wanted to do in life, or do I hold off? And none of those have a right or wrong answer. But the more combination of choices, I believe we fall into what Barry Schwartz is suggesting, that we never actually are fully satisfied with these combinations of choices that we freely make to achieve happiness. We're just always pursuing the next thing, hoping that the next thing that we achieve is the thing that finally does it for us. So ultimately, what Barry Schwartz concludes is that less is more. Less, having less choices actually increases the chance that we will be fully satisfied with the choice. And so having said that, I want to zero in on this verse that Paul writes in chapter 5 of Romans. When he says, verse 2, And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now this word that in our translation this morning is translated as boast is the word kakomata, meta. I think I've totally butchered that. But it means, it also means to rejoice, to exult. And rejoicing isn't that what we do when we find joy? When we achieve this pursuit of happiness? And so what I want to suggest this morning is that for Paul, there's not many choices or many roads towards his happiness, towards his joy. There's actually only two. Either we rejoice or we don't. Either we rejoice and find joy, whether we are in a time in which we can say, we're, we're walking in hope and we are surrounded by the comfort of hope, or we're in suffering times. Things are not going so well. Things are not, not, not so easy. Notice that he uses the same word for both roads. So it's either we rejoice and we, we boast or we don't, regardless of our situation. And what's more interesting is that the reason he can say that for either option is that if you notice, they both end up in the same place. Either we are directly on the hope of Christ, 
or we're in suffering, but wait. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and guess what? Character leads us right back to hope. There are not too many options. There are just two. Either we choose to rejoice in God regardless of our circumstances, or we don't. Either we choose to receive that joy, or we don't. And I believe there's a key to that. The key to that is asking ourselves, whose story is our life about anyway? If God is a player in my story, so if this story is really just about me and all the people that surround me are just characters, and God is just a character, and the whole story is about my own pursuit of happiness, then anything that doesn't lead me towards that happiness is an obstacle. It's something that I can rightly get angry and frustrated at, including God. But if we are players or characters in the story of God, and this whole thing is really about God, and we are, as the psalmist says over and over, uh, talking about all creation, that all the creation, the heavens and the earth, declare the glory of God, us included, then our happiness doesn't depend on our own pursuit of individual choices. Our happiness is really found in fulfilling our place and revealing the glory of God along with all creation. So what does that tend to look like in practical sense? Someone in our Bible study on Thursday mentioned a, a familiar story from the Gospel of John, and it's the one where Jesus is with his disciples and they see a blind man who was begging. And a question that I believe any one of us would have asked, and I think we ask often when we see suffering of any kind, when we see a person that is, is continuing, especially those that, that seem to just constantly be in a rut. If it's not health, it's finances. If it's not finances, it's relationships. I mean, and, and you, you don't know what to say. And you want to say a word of encouragement and something that God would, would, would be able to bless them with, and, and you get stuck. And so we become like the disciples and ask the question. This is from John chapter 9. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In other words, why is he blind, Jesus? And Jesus says, 
something that we can only understand if we buy in to the fact that this is really God's story and not ours. Jesus says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so, the work, so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. So, if this story is my story and your story is your story, then the question that we tend to ask about anything that happens is why? Why are they sick? Why are they hurting? And if all the other people and all and the rest of creation, and if God are just characters in my story, then we ask God, God, why aren't you helping me live my best life? Because it's really about me. And it's really about my happiness. And then what that turns into is my anger towards God for not helping me achieve my happiness. But if this really is about God, and if we really were created to shine like the stars, like the heavens, like everything that takes your breath away, the glory of God, then the question isn't why. Then the question is how? The question is in what way? The question would come out of a posture in our hearts that we would find ourselves walking with Jesus along with those disciples and would be able to answer the question and say, no, no, no. We're looking at this the wrong way. This is God's creation. And as such, there are evidences of the glory in God in this man, blindness or no blindness. And so the question becomes, how? How is this man shining the glory of God to me, to the world? The question to my fellow brother and sister that is struggling with the hard situation is, can you see the glory of God even here? Because if it's true that God created the heavens and the earth and ordered all the oceans and every body of water everywhere, where to start and where to stop, and ordered the heavens and the skies and all the stars where to shine and, and, and what direction, and ordered the light to come on and the darkness to take over at exactly in what moment. And all the planets of our galaxies set in orbit on a specific axis so that they would not crash into each other. And we can think of all of that and say, wow. And then consider this blind man 
who was created with those very same hands. And ask myself, not ask God, ask myself, can I dare not see the glory of God in this man? Blindness or no blindness? Hardship or no hardship? Good times or bad times? So if the choice is whether to rejoice or not, and if having less choices actually increases our possibility of satisfaction, then God is a genius. Because we've been created with the freedom to either rejoice at all times or to not. To see the glory of God in everything and any situation or to not. To live as examples of the glory of God in God's story or to pursue our own. May God give us grace to pursue God's story and live the life that God has given us to the fullest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.